Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, still joined by Nate Weitzer. And we are looking at Tuesday here with five games, five games, uh, five teams rather on a back to back in these five games after a massive 12 gamer on Monday night. We are going to be looking at best bets in this video. We also have play a props up in a separate one for you guys. So make sure to like and subscribe to that page and continue to follow along with us each and every weekday this season. Also want you to head to thelines.com. Use everything that we have up on the site right now, including that odds finder tool to make sure you're getting the best juice back on all these bets you are making in the NBA this season. Nate, let's go ahead and jump right into your first pick. You're looking at this Knicks and Jazz game. Yeah, two of those teams who, that are on back-to-backs here. I feel like everybody is. I, I can't believe it's only half the slate is back-to-back. But, uh, I'm, I mean, I'm trusting the Knicks a lot more here. Minus four and a half is a pretty small spread. They do expect to get OG back uh, based on Tibbs' comments that, you know, he was kind of a late scratch against Charlotte, which is a team you don't really take seriously. And, yes, they're without Julius Randle. Uh, I don't know if that's a negative. I, I mean, I will pull you as the Knicks fan. But he is he takes the joy out of basketball for me watching the Knicks. I know he's like very talented and can be very effective at times when his jumper is falling. But like they they have a beautiful offense surrounding Brunson, and then all of a sudden like Randall decides he's just going to take over or barrel into people, and and it's just not aesthetic. I mean, the point is like they've won six of their last eight without him, and the only two losses they did not have Jalen Brunson, and Jalen Brunson's playing as well as any guard in the league, uh, playing off that all-star starter snub fire, right? (laughs) His prop, 32 and a half points. It's a Knicks team that's going to bring it no matter what, no matter who's in the lineup. You know, you slot in a lot of Josh Hart minutes, a lot of hustle hustle guys, uh, you know, slotting in for Julius Randle, Hartenstein's back. And it's a Jazz team that's on the last of a six-game road trip. And they're on back-to-back here. We've seen this before, right? Like with the Nuggets at the end of their road trip, at the Knicks, and they were just like, they were just completely overwhelmed by the Knicks' physicality and try-hard, basically. And they're like, oh my god, I didn't know we were doing this in January. Like, it's the dog days of the NBA, and the Knicks just come out there every game like it's game six of, of an Eastern Conference semifinals. The the Jazz struggling to score in the half court on this trip right now. I mean, struggling so badly defensively, <laughs> giving up 36 assists per game, 127 defensive rating. Uh, most of their points are coming in the paint. And and they're not scoring in transition. So, like, good luck beating this Knicks defense in the half court, basically. On the season, they, they're giving up the most fast break points going the other way. They're giving up the highest assist to turnover ratio. Um, and, like, the, they, the one thing that scares you is the situation where they did get blown out in Boston, coming off a blowout here, and then they turned around and beat Philly, but I mean, that was without a B. That was when the Sixers were in their dog days. And just, I don't think you're going to get that kind of laps from the Knicks. It's fair. I mean, do we know if OG Ananobi's playing is a big deal, too? Um, he, he obviously wasn't really needed last night for the Hornets. We'll see if he's able to suit up tonight. Uh, he was I somewhat. So. Tim said he was at practice and then he was a late scratch, basically. So, yeah, he was a late scratch yesterday, which just makes you weird about what's going on um, with, with the way that they weren't really ready to have him out. Either way, like, I do, I do want to know if he's in. I think he's huge for the rebounding if you want to take the Knicks. Josh Hart's their power forward right now. Dante DiVincenzo is truly embodying a Swiss army knife and trying to do pretty much everything on the floor. I do like both of their props in this game. uh, And and I do like Jalen Brunson to get his, I can see a world where the Knicks get completely bodied down low. If they decide to play Walker Kessler, like they did last night, he's played 30 minutes now in two of his last five games. It's just really random when he's going to play. And he's gotten a bunch of 
like it's basically when he's needed and he's been needed against the Knicks in the past because they had Mitchell Robinson in or even Isaiah Hartenstein or somebody not the case at this point um and so I don't know if he will or not but that would be my only concern with that bet literally the only one would be are they going to be a body double I have Hartenstein I don't know what you mean he, he well, okay he missed part of last night too he came yeah, back he's and he's playing a little bit of limited minutes yeah yeah so I don't know I mean he's he was on a minutes restriction last night it's just a matter of how how healthy do they come to the game but yeah. with even an iota of healthiness I'm here for for the Knicks winning that one against an awful awful Jazz team on the road but let me go to another awful team that I want to back but I'm not gonna I can't I cannot back the Atlanta Hawks I can't take them with four and a half points I can't lay a single point with them. I can't even really take points with them. They don't cover. They don't cover at all. Um, so I'm I'm veering away from that. I'm taking the over in that game, which has ballooned from the opening 243.5 to 246.5. You can still grab 246s. That's not a great number. Uh, not going to be great as good of odds if you want to take 247. It is what it is. I mean, there's people smarter than me betting it up, most likely. Uh, and I still think that there's something to take away from the fact that not only are the Lakers just a different team on the road, uh, as we've seen all season long, they're also just a, a different team when they're on a back-to-back, which is pretty wild. Um, the 123 points per game that they're allowing on the road this season is absolutely bonkers compared to the 112 per game as well. And, and over their last 15, it's just really been that that stark of a contrast between their home and road splits. Um, the the fact that they just get played, they're, they're playing a lot of games. That's the scary part too, obviously. But if LeBron's playing tonight after missing part of last game, having to come out and then come back in, um, if he's playing tonight, which I kind of thought he would, because my first thought was like, there's no way LeBron plays tonight. And then it was like, they don't have losses. They they, they can't afford. There's none to afford, right? They, they don't have that that luxury of being able to just sort of coast through the uh, into the um, the the All Star break here. Like they they need to be a lot closer to the play in uh, than than they are, and, and a lot more in solidified. So the, with him playing, fine. But that on that no rest, man. One and six against the spread. Two and five straight up. They're allowing a buck nineteen a game, only putting up uh, 110 points or so with about 101 pace. And as long as that pace stays right around 101 in Atlanta, and neither team is playing defense, like LeBron's tailor made to beat this team. I know that you like some of his props in this game. If you are a strong, scoring, athletic dude who can get to the rim and has to, you at least have to worry about the shot. You're done, though, man. Like, we've seen power forwards way less capable than LeBron just go at the rim and own it. If you want to go in transition, this is the the, the uh, second-worst transition team in terms of points per possession. Fast break points are going to be there. The rim is going to be wide open as well. Clint Capella is having one of his worst defensive field goal seasons of the uh, ever for him at this point uh, since before the Rockets days. So uh, there's not really much to like about it, the Lakers. That's why I want to take them. But there will be the sheer will of him playing. We're going to get D'Lo in there for, what, 36, 37 minutes at this point. We still have no Gabe Vincent. Uh, we still have no Cam Reddish who's out for an, at least another week or two. So, yeah, as far as, like, the offensive weapons and the focal point for the Lakers, it's going to be those three-point shots from D'Lo and the guys that are going to be shooting off of LeBron and LeBron going to the rim. So I do I do agree with you uh, in the sense that he's going to have a big game tonight. Um, but I think with, the, with DeJounte coming back as well in this one and he and Trey playing together for the first time in a while – we're looking at like, you know, your your, your average Lakers and, and uh, Hawks game here of like 129, 126 or something like that. Yeah, 250 is fair. I mean, I was looking at, at it when it was 245, started researching it, writing, you know, Lakers over. Then I looked at some of the back-to-back stuff you're talking about where they come out flat and they give up a ton of points. I think one way or another, one of these teams has given up a ton of points. So I think, yeah, the, the, the total for, for the game makes sense. And, and it goes right into what I'm saying here, which is LeBron – to get his stats on the back-to-back. He was, he was quoted as saying he's going to play. Like, he's expected to yeah, play here. He and um, I'll go over 41.5 PRA for him. 
Um, 25 and a half points is also certainly in play. The Lakers are just playing at such a pace right now that that makes you love the over. I mean, that they're 105 and a half pace in their last three, scoring 135 a game. LeBron <clears throat> orchestrating it. You know, his 30% adjusted assist to pass ratio is the highest in the league in the three game span among players with enough volume to, to really count. Uh, you know, he's played on six back-to-backs this season, scored 25.5 on higher usage, surprisingly, 31.5%. I looked at last year and was stunned to see he had a 35.5% usage rate on back-to-backs when he played, 34, 9, and 7. So, I mean, like you said, Atlanta is a juicy matchup for him, 35, 8, and 9, his last three against them. This Hawks defense is just, like, on another level in terms of just, like, letting dudes walk to the rim and score right. like they're like just looking up at the front office like when when am I getting shipped out like this this just ain't working uh I mean I can't believe they got that win against the Raptors because the Raptors are so shorthanded otherwise they've just been yeah they've just been duty and, and yeah I, I, I appreciate you pivoting off the Hawks minus four and a half because I was actually thinking like Lakers are the more desperate team here uh LeBron is going to lead them and, you know, he, he he watches these games, right? He saw Luka get 73 on this team, and he's probably thinking, like, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna try to do something special here uh, against a team that just barely plays defense. Yeah, I'm not going to buy into the last part, but I get where you're going for it, for sure, because <laughs> I think LeBron's got some bigger fish to fry than, than beating Luka's points record. But, I, I, like, the point is, is, like, if he – if they limited Luka to 20 points in that game, LeBron would still look at them and just lick his chops. Right. And that's, that's the point of what we say here. Like, like I said, dudes who can, who can play like LeBron, that, that sort of archetype, which take away the passing. There's no, nobody in the league that is LeBron because the passing and everything else comes into play. Everything else he's there, you know, that that's what you do against this, this Hawks teams, you score from those places on the floor. So I'm going to close it out with a, a team total over for the uh, Chicago bulls here playing the aforementioned Toronto Raptors who are just hemorrhaging confidence and wins and points and everything, especially on the road. And that's where we are here is in the Windy City. So uh, as a result of that, we got to take Chicago to at least get some points here. Uh, the last one they played was that 116 total that the Bulls ended up getting. And that was a different story, right? That was also that was at, um, at Toronto. And Toronto, since the trade, the last 15 games, scoring at 122 when they are on the road versus 110 at home. Basically, their games are averaging 250 on the road and they're averaging 223 at home and that is a big enough sample size for me to go okay I guess that's what we're doing now in this new look uh Toronto team playing at 101.8 pace as well on the road versus 98.3 at home so with Chicago coming in no Zach Levine kind of still like the over for them even not necessarily even more but just as much uh we've seen a still a, a level of chemistry between Kobe White uh, Pat Williams is out and he was playing pretty well as well in that starting lineup with, with Alex Caruso, Vooch and Kobe White. The four of them were, were looking really good together. Uh, Pat Will has, is now out for a little bit. And, and like we said, Zach Levine is out. That said, that three-man lineup I'm talking about with Kobe White, Nikola Vucevic, and Alex Caruso has been a positive uh, net uh, rating since in the last uh, 10 games. Well, the last 10 games that they played without Zach Levine specifically, those dudes have had a net rating uh, when they're on the floor in the three-man lineup there of like plus 19 and a half in uh, roughly like 62 minutes or so. So pretty good sample size for those guys playing together. Pretty solid net rating in just like an hour and a half uh, barely of playing with each other. Um, and so like, I still feel confident about that, uh, that offense, probably a good spot for Kobe white. He actually didn't 
started to just sort of level off and not really even need to worry about is Levine playing, is Levine not playing. Kobe White's just stepped up. He's kept his usage up even with Levine in there. Levine actually upped his potential assists. So I think something happened when Levine was out that was like, okay, everyone's talking about how I'm the weakest link now and I'm the dude who's getting shipped out of Chicago. And he came back with a lot much more, a, a better team mentality and a better defensive mentality. Now that he's not in, I still don't think it's that much of an interruption. I think they just go back to what they were for the like nine games that he was out and they were really, really good actually. Um, and, and at home, a bit more points per game um, still only at 111 but they are playing a little bit faster and they're going to be able to get out in transition versus this Toronto team they're going to be able to attack the rim against this Toronto team my only fear with taking like a Vooch prop or anything like that is that Toronto's probably going to blow the doors off of or excuse me Chicago's going to blow the doors off of Toronto it is a possibility um, and this thing isn't too high either for me to just take uh, Chicago to cover six points it opened like really low and just started skyrocketing up and by the time it got past five and now it's at six I was like oh, but still six points this Chicago team like I said isn't really missing a beat when um, when Zach Levine isn't in by any means. So I would still say that they're a good bet to uh, to limit everything that Toronto is going to do, which is only going to be able to shoot and really not get to the rim at all. Poor Scotty Barnes is going to be a man by himself out there. Yeah, no RJ, no IQ, right? I mean, yep. yeah, I, this is prime teaser territory to get the Bulls at minus two. Like, honestly, like, I don't know what exactly you want to tease it with. Maybe this Lakers over we're talking about, get it back yep. down to where it started. But, yeah, that was the first thing I looked at is, like, the Bulls are going to win. It might be by six points exactly. Like, that that is, seems like a kind of a key number here in this this physical Eastern Conference matchup. But, but yeah, with Pirtle out along with those offensive guys, like, Toronto is just, is just flailing right now. Uh, yeah, give me the Bulls. Yeah, I was already thinking to myself, like, hopefully Masai had a converse, Masai Ujiri had a conversation with, like, IQ and RJ. and was like, look, guys. This year ain't it, so don't worry too much about it. Just go out and get yours, and we'll see what happens. But So let's jump right in to your first prop here, Nate, the newest pacer of them all, Mr. Pascal Siakam. Yeah, I was surprised to see how low this was. I mean, 19 and a half points, and then only tacking on six rebounds for Siakam. Uh, it looks like Halliburton's going to be back tonight. And, yeah. I mean, Siakam had seemed to find a rhythm without Halliburton in there. 23 points, nine rebounds a game, over four. I mean, his one with Hallie, he had 21 on 9 for 14 shooting. And it, and the, the narrative was like, oh, I don't know if they've really figured out how to vibe off each other yet. Well, I mean, that's that seems like a pretty good line to me. Um, you're, you're going against the Celtics team that's on a back-to-back here that probably is not going to have Porzingis. Uh, and, I mean, we keep seeing him pop up in terms of props, but then he's, he's not able to go. I mean, he, I thought he would be out multiple weeks with that ankle. But in any case, like, their offense is not humming at all the way it used to. Um, they're gonna. There's gonna be more rebounding opportunities. They give up their highest uh, points per game and their highest field goal allowed when they're on back to backs. Here, the Pacers play them well. Halliburton has been an issue for them. He's going to be a guy they they now have to focus on. Like if this was just Siakam at high volume barreling into the lane without any help, I wouldn't be that high on him against the Celtics defense. Uh, but with you know potentially no Horford, Porzingis, or Cornet, right? I mean, just no rim protection. I think he's going to be getting it going towards the paint. And as far as the rebounds go, like 13 rebound chances per game in these last four here, uh, you know, nine grabbing nine. He's averaged seven and a half boards along with 25 points his last nine against Boston. And that was with the, uh, the clunky Toronto offense, just to put it the, the, the nicest there. And this Pacers offense is, is something else. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I'm I'm a little bit weirded out by the, the Pacers, to be honest with you, uh, and, and the, the Celtics on the back-to-back, like, Nobody's good on a back-to-back, by the way. We should make that very clear to the NBA in case they're not following. Like, nobody 
has a solid record on a back-to-back. There's, I don't know anybody with a, with a positive record. I'd have to look it up. But every single team tonight has a at best 500 record uh, on the back-to-back. Either way, with Pascal, like, I don't know. Is he affected by Tyrese playing? Tyrese is definitely playing. Like, I mean, definitely because he said he was, and I, I believe him. Um, I, I don't know. Like, it's been weird. They've only had that one game together, right, against Portland. So you kind of want to yeah. see what happens there. But, like, I can't imagine that anything really changes. If, if you sub in Pascal for, say, Bruce Brown to a degree, even though he's on a different part of the court, like, he's getting the usage as a result. Like, he's the other dude with the ball in his hands at, at this point with Tyrese on the floor. So with that bet, uh, for sure, I, I do like Pascal moving forward. I also uh, like – we both do like Jonathan Kaminga. That's probably my favorite bet of the day. That was the first thing I saw last night was, like – JK finally, thank the Lord in heaven, is getting his time on the floor. Something and and it is directly correlated, by the way, to Steve Kerr and his comments to him. So the bet here for me is twenty six and a half points. You can have the assists; they're not very high. Uh, I think it gets you to twenty eight and a half PRA if you want that. I, I just focus on the rebounds because of specifically how bad Philly is against. Uh, rebounding against power forwards. And I do consider him the power forward. Draymond will be in there back for his you know, 30, 32 minutes that he's getting now, whether he comes off the bench or not. Uh, but JK is also getting 30 to 32 minutes uh, and they are at different spots on the floor. And the points are, I think are definitely a good bet for Kaminga. I just like the rebounds as well, because like I said, that is a position that they are vulnerable against. Like whether you put, uh, t- um, what's his name? Jesus. Tsunami Poppy. Uh, Kelly Oubre. Wow. Could not think of Kelly Oubre for the life of me or Toby Harris on, on a guy like Jonathan Kaminga. He's going to have his way. He's been playing all up and down in that elbow extended area. And that spin move on either shoulder is nasty. I assure you don't want to catch one of those shoulders while he's spinning to the hoop. So I like that uh, as well for the reason that's where they're giving up offensive rebounds as well. Are the 76ers is coming in off of that sort of extended elbow area. Uh, and that's why power forwards are so successful. Like you just look at where they are most vulnerable on the floor and that's where JK is working from. His three-pointer has been there as well. So you are going to have to get out on him now because he did shoot 42% over like a five-game span from three on like three or four attempts a game. So nothing crazy. Um, but the, the efficiency has been there. I'm not going to target a three-point prop. I'm just saying his shooting is on point right now. And it was six games ago that this all started. And that was the time when he announced to the media, asked point blank, to be fair to him, uh, if, he, if they had confidence in uh, him to be a part of this team moving forward and as like a key pillar of this franchise. And he said he did not have trust in Steve Kerr that he was going to make him that and that he was going to give him the time he needed. And then six games have happened. And in that six games, he's gone over every single time. Uh, he's averaging 25 points, six and a half, basically seven boards. He's got a couple assists in there, but the usage is up to 26%. Um, and yeah, the, the minutes are at 30, but that also includes a game six games ago where he played 24 minutes and still got his numbies in that game as well. So the, the way that he goes to the rim, the way that the uh, the 76ers on the road, definitely much worse defense uh, in general, much, much less two uh, power forwards in general. Um, that, but we're talking about the last few games for them on the road. Uh, it's been even worse, and they haven't had Joel for some of those, but their three-point percentage is all the way up about 40%, uh, and they are giving up damn near 30 free throw attempts a game. And so if Jonathan Kaminga is going to be the dude either taking threes or attacking the rim, that's a good, a good bet against this uh, Philadelphia 76ers team. Yeah, and let's let's talk about the Sixers, who probably aren't going to have Embiid, might not have Maxi again, and then apparently they just they're going to let go of the rope if that's the case. Like we see them play faster and higher scoring when they do have Maxi and no Embiid, and that makes you like the over. But I mean, to give up 130 to Portland with both those guys out, it, it's just like wow. I mean, uh, so Kaminga would be going right at that defense, which has just struggled badly. Is on the road, it has just not been good. 
in any category, especially allowing free throws and pain points. And I mean, while he's hit a, added a couple threes here, I mean, that's that's the bread and butter for, for JK, right? Yeah. Uh, so going back to the guy in um, best bets here was LeBron for 41.5 PRA. I'll say the player props here, 34.5 points assists, take the rebounds out of there against the Hawks team. That is just dreadful on defense. Really, I want to take Trey Young props, but for some reason they won't put him up yet. They had some DeJounte props up after DeJounte missed a game. Trey's been back, um, so I don't know why I can't get my Trey props, but I think these two guys will be going back and forth, putting up numbers. I mean, the, the total is creeping up to 250 for this game. The Hawks' defense is just just abysmal. I mean, specifically 29th in defensive rating over their last five, uh, allowed the second-most pain points at home on the season. Also allow the third highest fast break efficiency. And the Lakers are getting out and running right now. I mean, they're, they're getting like 21 fast break points a game in their last three, playing at a 105 pace. LeBron, obviously the engine. And it's a back-to-back, but he said he's playing. He actually has a higher usage rate on back-to-backs this season. Last season, he had a 35% usage rate, 34, 9, and 7. And he averaged 35, 8, and 9 his last three against Atlanta, which just, it just cannot deal with the physicality of a guy like Brown. Yep. Yeah. LeBron, uh, LeBron for it all, for sure. If Atlanta doesn't win this game or doesn't cover this, this spread, it's because LeBron has 45 PRA. Like I, I think this number might even be a smidge low for the the, the points and assists. The rebounds could be there as well. I think he's going to be aggressive. Um, if he's going to be playing like that, I got to imagine he's going all out that if he's, if he is playing on this back to back, it's in part because, well, it could be because partly there's a farewell tour coming. I don't know. He wants fans to see him. But more importantly, like this team is not in the playoffs right now. So they, they're going to need to win some games. Uh, let me talk about a team that is in the playoffs. My beloved Knickerbockers and Josh Hart over 24 and a half PRA and all the money that I have on the Knicks to be better than a six, a six seed or better this year is starting to look really awesome. Uh, continuing to look really awesome anyway after that OG trade. OG might play, might not play. Uh, I think he's a, a game-time decision. More importantly, Julius Randle's not playing. So that means Josh Hart's the starting power forward, believe it or not. Who did he guard all last night? P.J. Washington, the starting forward, power forward for the Charlotte Hornets. So that's his matchup now. And that's why over 7.5 boards was a great bet last night. And 8.5 boards isn't a bad bet tonight. Um, but I do like the the opportunity for him to score and dime up even, to be honest. That's where uh, Utah is most vulnerable from that position in that spot on the floor. That said, Josh Hart is going to defy any sort of archetype that you might try to uh, position him into because he's just a short dude who's going to get a ton of boards, right? The rebound chances last night were up at about 17, which was wild. He had 12 of them. Um, that's a really high percentage of your rebounds off of those chances. But to be a six foot four guard, sorry, power forward, getting the, uh, the, the 18 or whatever, 17 rebound chances is pretty wild. Um, and so I think he's just going to continue to be in that spot. I was talking about in the other video how I don't know if Walker Kessler is going to get minutes because I never know if Walker Kessler is going to get minutes because Will Hardy is just kind of like that. Um, but even if he is going to get minutes, he's going to be dealing with, with Hartenstein in this one, right? And that would be why you would expect Kessler to get minutes. Hartenstein wants also a dude that, like, I think he's going to play normal minutes, but was a little bit of a restriction last night. So there's a bit up in the air with this game, but Josh Hart's going to play. That's the key is, like, there's going to be 35 to 36 minutes of him on the floor. Precious, Precious Achua was out there and couldn't really stay out there. Um, that was even a reason I think they considered having Hartenstein play as much as he did is, like, they can't really trust Precious Achua right now. He hasn't been awful but he certainly hasn't been a positive when he's been on the floor uh and at this point yeah it's really just like you know something that you, you were talking about 
between Dante DiVincenzo and Josh Hart. I was going back and forth between those guys. I'm actually okay with some Dante stuff as well. Um, but when you look at uh, Hart, the, the the stuff that you don't like is the lower usage for him. It's not like he's as involved in the offense, uh, but he involves himself in general. And there will be some tipping opportunities especially if Walker Kessler isn't playing. This Utah team on the road is just a completely different team on defense as well. Um, when he comes in and, and when Josh Hart comes in and is going to be, if he's playing against any semblance of that second unit, then I feel really good about it. Cause uh, especially the, the way that it's been playing on the road, it's absolutely terrible. Bottom five in terms of net rating. Um, and there's and like it, it, Josh Hart and company, there's not enough guys to play, right? Like Deuce McBride's only playing like 18, 19 minutes as like the real only backup guard, even for this team with how depleted they are. We'll see if OG plays and that helps a lot but even if OG plays like I still like the heart PRA I would actually look at OG though if he's in there because I do think he'll be a bit more of that power forward at that point he's going to be on marketing he's going to be a little bit more down low and marketing gets the ball down there so yeah there I, I do like whoever is sort of in that spot for the Knicks in this game if it's heart then I'm going with him because that's all we have right now if OG is a late start then proceed accordingly because I do think he's the better bet at that point yeah, me and Josh were both on this one, too. Uh, both on Kaminga, both on Hart. But I like just the rebounds and assists, to be honest. I mean, 11% usage rate doesn't really you know, indicate that he's going to score a lot. However, though, you are mentioning him getting out, and the, the Jazz allow the, the most fast break points per game. They also allow the worst assist-to-turnover ratio. So I think the assists uh, should be there. I mean, really, it's the rebounds that we expect to carry the day here. 10-plus rebounds in a win gets you a nice plus 255. Uh, if OG's out, that's the only way I would make that bet yeah. because yeah, he, then he's looking at 36 plus minutes and in his last two, he's played 36 minutes. He's made 36 passes per game. Uh, he was a plus 30 off the bench to help beat the heat. And yeah, he's just an excellent rebounder for his size. This jazz team is, is running on fumes at the end of a road trip. So give me the hustle guy, the guy, uh, tips compares to Luol Deng from his old bulls days says he'll just give you whatever you need that night. So, yeah, maybe he does fill up the, the stat sheet and gets you all those PRA. Okay, good. I thought he was comparing their games. And I was like, you mean slow-footed, take his time to make a mid-range shot, Luau Dang is Josh Hart, who's this, ex- like, yeah. But the I modern, get what you're saying. modern day, yeah. The modern-day Luau Dang if he was a fast Twitch player. Uh, but anyway, what a what a fun road down the memory lane for those baby bulls. That's all the time we have for you in best in the uh, what do we have here? Play a props. We also have best bets up in a separate video with four of those plays. So make sure you are subscribed to that page. So you continue to follow along. And until we see you next, happy betting. Stop, 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 stop.